Alright, we ready? Are we ready? Anybody excited? Alright. Alright, I'm excited. Two quick things I want to tell you about real quick. I know you guys didn't give me. Real men don't use straws. Give, give that back to a girl someplace. I'm, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Two, um, two quick announcements. We are the uh, month of June, the first Sunday in June, we're going to have a new members class. Yay. Good. Two people are happy about that. All right. So if you haven't gone through uh, membership, you want to find out a little bit more about us and what we're doing and all that kind of stuff, that will be the first um, First Sunday in June, and then the last Sunday in June, we're having a baptism. Amen? We're going to have a night of worship with a baptism. Last time we did it, I don't know how many we did, 40, 40, 50. We were baptizing all all through the worship. It was was an awesome time. So we're doing that again the last Sunday in June. So, all right. Everybody ready for the word? Amen. I'm excited. I like to start with a quote. Here's the quote. Amen. One of these days, some simple soul will pick up the book of God, read it, and believe it, and the rest of us will be embarrassed. I I should have put a warning before this message. If you're just joining us, let me just kind of tell you, um, let me let you know how we roll and, and how we feel about the Word here at this church, all right? We've just um, finished walking through the book of Genesis. It took us a year and four months to go through the entire book of Genesis, and, and, and it's awesome. And just um, on Palm Sunday, two, two weeks ago, we started a brand new series, Walking Through the Book of James, Amen. So I'm excited about going through another book together with you guys. I want to let you know we don't, um, Pastor, Pastor Gary and I, we don't um, plan them out. We don't break it out. So we don't know how long it's going to take. We don't know, you know, have it broken down. We just, we just pray, read the Word, and share the Word. And as the Spirit leads, if it takes another year to do six chapters in James, so be it. Amen? And the reason I like to tell you that is because I love preaching through a book because That means whatever comes up is whatever we're going to share. So understand that if you're going through, hold on, it's going to get hot in here. Understand that if you're, if you're going through something and it just happens to get put on blast right here at the pulpit, it's not because you're going through it, it's because it's the next chapter in the book that we're doing. Amen? And, and that's just an awesome thing because how can God plan something like that? Well, how can a pastor do it? Never. But definitely God would know. God would be able to plan and schedule this. You, you could be 40, 50 years old and God scheduled this 50 years ago that on this Sunday you'd be here to, and, and it would line up with the book of James to what you're dealing with. Can, can anybody believe that that's how awesome God is? So... Listen, so, so we're going we're gonna to keep going through, through these books and we're going to get through. Because listen, I believe too often we waste so many years in church without growing up. 
Right? We waste so much time and so many years without maturing. I'm tired of meeting people that they, they tell me, oh, I came from, um, you know, the first church of the anointed hand of Christ fellowship and whatever, whatever, and I was there for 15 years. But they haven't done anything. They haven't done nothing. You haven't learned nothing. You haven't grown nothing. You, when was the last time you stepped out in faith for something? When was the last time you, you believed God for something? And sadly, the, their faith hasn't had any impact on the, life, the lives around them. Church, can I, can I share with you one of my greatest fears when it comes to my faith is that my faith will have no impact on the people around me. If, if that's the case, I'd rather have none. I'd rather have not known. I'd rather have been dumb and ignorant and blind and, and whatever than, than to know everything that God has put in me, to see everything that God has done for me, and then keep it on the, on the down low. Keep it on the hush. One of my biggest fears is that that wouldn't... Because listen, if you're walking with the God of the universe on the inside of you, you got to have some stories to tell. Anybody agree? There's got to be some things happening in your life. You, you, you've got to, if you're hearing and doing and listening and walking in the Word, then things are happening with you all the time. Because the Word is active, it's alive, it's breathing, it's sharp. And so there's always got to be something happening. Listen, not always good things. Hmm? Can I get a hmm? Not always happy things. Not always fun things. But even with that, the Word says that all of these things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purposes. Amen? Now that's such an easy quote, you know, verse to quote. It's a whole other thing to live out. It's a whole other thing to walk that verse out, Romans 8.28, amen? So I want to talk to you this morning about what it, what I talk to you about every Sunday, man, what it takes to walk this walk, what it takes to, to be who you're called to be, what it takes to, to, to really walk this faith out in a message series titled True Colors, a walk through the book of James. And I, I started this series two weeks ago, but I'm going to recap and, 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 and be, be, because, man, we just got to, I really, really, I don't want to move on until I know we get it. So the book is a letter addressed to a group of people a lot like you and I. And we, we started James, and right in the beginning he tells us, James 1.1, I have made myself a slave to God. I'm a slave and Jesus is Lord. And, and that's how he starts with his identity. And then right from the start, when you start to read the first chapter, James says, not, not really in, in this vocabulary, but he says it like this. He says, son, you're going to go through some trouble. Right? Anybody read James? You understand, right? It doesn't say that in a version, but, but, but this is kind of the message. James says, son, this walk is not going to be easy. You're going to go through some things that are going to challenge you. You are going to experience some things that are not going to make sense. Anybody been there? You're going to want to turn away. You're going to want to turn back. You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to give out, get out. Anybody been there? I mean, you could, 
You could just you could just look around and, and you see, you know, they, on, on Easter Sunday, there were about a hundred more people here than there are now. Doesn't that make anybody sad? Doesn't that make you sad that, that, that maybe, maybe we came and, and they came and they heard the word and they were excited and they cried and they, blah, 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 and, and now life happened and they gave up. And maybe next holiday, maybe next crisis, maybe the next time something happens, they'll, they'll remember, wait a minute, I, I remember hearing about a God that loves me. I remember being around some people that seemed different than all the people that I were around. And maybe, maybe they'll, they'll, they'll remember where to come to. Amen? Peter, I, I love the way Peter said it. Peter said it best. And, and this is probably one of the most profound things that Peter was ever recorded saying. It was after Jesus had given that speech to, to all the disciples. There were all these people following him. And he says, listen, he, he was telling them about him going to the cross. And he says, listen, my body's about to be broken. You're gonna, my, my blood is about to be spilled. And unless you eat my body, you know, drink, and eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you, there's no hope for you. There'll be no life for you. He was, explaining his death on the cross and and the the word says in john 6 6 6 that from that time on many disciples turned back and didn't follow him anymore and then jesus turned to peter and to the 12 and he said do you want to leave as well there were 12 left crowds right mega church following when he started saying what it's going to take to walk this walk they all left and he turns to his little disciples, the twelve, and he says, do you want to leave too? You want to go? And Peter says, the deepest thing, I love this, he says, where would we go? Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. Where would we go? I love this. I feel like I live this, you know, I, 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 I struggle with this all the time. I say, God, where would I go? Sometimes I get fed up, but where would I go? What would I do if I wasn't doing this? What would I do? You have the words of eternal life. So James is telling us, you're going to go through some challenges. You're going to go through some trials. You're going to go through some difficult times. And so what does he tell us to do? This is what we, what we need to focus on today. Amen? Anybody need to know what to do in a difficult time? If, if you don't need it now, just write it down, because you'll need it maybe Monday. You, you could be floating high right now, whatever. She loves you right now. There's money in the bank this week. Listen, by Wednesday, she might not love you no more. By Wednesday, you might be broke up on Facebook. So, so if you don't need it right now, write it down, because you might need it. Because the, the tough times will come. So what does James tells us to do? James 2, he says, count it all joy when you meet trials. Because when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, count it all joy. He says, know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So challenges and trials and tests, they're going to show you your true colors. Do you understand that just coming to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to KFC makes you a chicken? Right? 
It would be, it's the same mindset. Like if I go to KFC a lot, I'll become a chicken. If I go to church a lot, I'll become a Christian. No. You could come here every time the door is open and, well, that's the whole. You understand. You could, you could come to church, man, rocking your special church skinny jeans. You could be rocking your nicest kicks and, and your Sunday fitted, just tilted right, you know, right? But James is saying your true colors are going to come out when the tests and trials come at you from every side. That's when the real deal is going to come out, right? So listen to his stru- instruction. I'm doing this again because if we don't learn this part, man, we'll miss everything. We'll never grow up. He says in verse 4, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. This is one we struggle with, ain't it? Let it do its work in you so that you can become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any way. Another version puts it this way, count it all joy knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. How many of you love that word patience? How many of you wish you didn't come today? Like, I, I, I so wish I missed this message. Like, you already feel right now the weight of this message, and you already know that I'm going to get some things today that I'm going to have to walk out. Right? Unless I, maybe I tune out right now. So this will be like the, mo- the, the mark where you can say, I better just maybe tune out right now. Put your headphones in, start texting, pretend that you're tweeting, do, you know, whatever. But right here it's going to get ugly. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Listen, the word patience is an ancient Greek word called hupamon. I know I'm not saying it right, but that's what it is, right? So this word, it doesn't describe a passive waiting. It's more of an active endurance. Patience is active, not passive. You're writing that down? Hupamon comes from hupo, meaning under, and meno, meaning remain, stay. So at its root, the word patience means to remain under. Oh, man. Eso está feo. To remain. So James is saying there are going to be some times when you feel like getting out, but you need to remain under. Come on, this is good preaching right now. There's going to be some times when you want to throw this thing off, but you're called to remain under. There's going to be some times, some situations where it would seem so much easier to give up. But James is saying remain under. Listen, if I were to be honest with you, church, as I always try to be, there are times when this church thing has gotten really hard for me and for my family. You know, sometimes I sit at home with my wife and and we say, wouldn't it be so much easier to just be the other people in church? Wouldn't it be so much easier to just go to church? Wouldn't it be great? We can just go to church, sit anywhere we want, do anything we want. We could go when we want, get there when we want, leave when we want. We don't like it. We could go to another one. We don't like it there. We could go to another one. Wouldn't it be so easy to just go to church and be like the other people? And then, you know, after we're done fantasizing about that, (laughs) reality sets in and we understand, but we weren't called to go to church. 
We're called to be the church. And then it just drives me crazy because I say, how come so many other people don't get it? And that's the not fair part. But that's a whole other message. So remain under, okay, James, remain under that you would be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, sometimes you could tweet this, this is good. Sometimes you have to decide whether you love the words lacking nothing. How many of you love those words? Come on, I love that. How you doing, brother? I'm lacking nothing. Wouldn't that be like the awesome thing to say? Hey, como esta? Lacking nothing. Good. Chevere, lacking nothing. You have to decide whether you love the words lacking nothing more than you hate the words remain under. See, in these times of struggles and these times of pruning and the cutting away and the times of separation and loss, man, they show us our true colors. Now, understand something. Trials don't produce faith. They just reveal it. So going through these trials, it doesn't produce any faith. It just reveals it. It shows you what you got. It shows you your true colors. So, so what produces faith? What builds faith? You guys are asking the right questions. Romans 10.17 tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. See, faith is built in us as we hear and understand God's Word for us. So that's why it's so important that we walk through the Word together. That's why we need to gather together. That's why we worship together. That's why we're here. You don't need to, to go to, 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 to a church and, and have you know um, somebody preach just, I God loves you, papito. God loves you so much, papito. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you live. It, God just loves you so much. Listen, just come to church. Just give to the building fund. Just treat people nice while you're in the building. And just so, show reverence because this is the house of God. And then you can live like hell the rest of the week. It's okay. Because when you come back next Sunday, we'll hold you again and we'll say, God loves you, Papito. <laughs> Listen, we need to hear about his love. Don't get me wrong. God loves you so much. He spilled his life blood. He sent his son to die on a cross so that you can have life. God definitely loves you so much. But listen, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And if that's the first time that you mean it, it's too late. It's too late. So James says, count it all joy and let this patience, that patience that comes from remaining under, let it have its perfect work in you so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Listen, as we go through the book of James, we're going we're gonna to see that James echoes the teachings of Jesus. So in this short book, there are at least 15 references to the sermon that Jesus gave at the Sermon on the Mount. So James was someone who heard the word and had his faith get built up to the point where he took it seriously and it mattered to him. Church, that's all I want for us. I want us to, to hear the word of God so, so real and so that, that we take it seriously and that it matters to the way we live. 
And so, you know, that's what I want for us in this, in this study. Listen, chapter 1 breaks into two parts. The first is faith under pressure. And the second part is listening and doing. Verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So who loves him? We could sing a song all morning. I love you, and God, I love you. We love you. We love you. We lo-. Who loves him? The Word says the ones that love him are the ones that do what he says. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll follow my commands. It's so easy, right? We make it so crazy. We get religious about it. it it's about our earrings. It's about our tattoos. It's about our clothes and our tie. No. Jesus said, if you love me, You'll do what I tell you to do. And what does Jesus tell us to do? He said the sum of all the commands is this. Love God and love each other. Wow. How many knew Christianity was that easy? Why do we make it so difficult? Why do we make it so crazy? Why do we make it to the point where we frustrate ourselves and we say, Ah, I can't be a Christian. Why? Jesus said, listen, if you love me and love each other, you're good. The sum of all the commands is wrapped up in that. So the part, part two of chapter one is listening and doing. And listen, listen, James is dropping some powerful stuff right here. There should be a warning labels all over this message series. Or, or maybe just have the ushers pass out band-aids. So listen to what he says. Verse 19, post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. Let me give it to you in another version. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness that God requires. So let's put it all together so far, what James is telling us. Let's get these directions together. Number one, count it all joy. Number two, remain under. Number three, when you are, you're blessed when you persevere. Number four, be quick to hear. Number five, be slow to speak. And lastly, don't stay angry. I mean, you know, that's a lot in the first chapter, Right? Isn't that a lot to do already in the first chapter? No? If that's not hitting you, then you already decided I'm not doing it. That's why it's not a lot. So why is it so important that we hear it this way and that we understand that there is something there that each and every one of us needs to work on? Listen, because the next verse says this, verse 22. I'm reading from the message on this one. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but... Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. James says, instead, act on what you hear. The English standard says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. Listen to this quote. To take comfort in the fact that you have heard God's word when you haven't done it is to deceive yourself. Listen, there are busloads of church folks all over the world that are deceiving themselves by taking comfort in the fact that they're hearing God's Word. 
You know how many people tell me, oh yeah, I made it to church, I heard the word this Sunday. Oh, I listened online, I heard the word this Sunday. Oh, I even listened to Joyce Myers, I caught T.D. Jakes, I got a hold of Joel Oystein this week. I'm doing good, I got a lot of word. No, you got a lot of listening. (laughs) What are you doing? That's a whole lot of listening. But what are you doing? How are you living? Amen? Because verse 23 says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his face in the mirror, but then goes away and forgets what he looks like. See, family, sometimes we walk away from what we heard and we forget who we are. Bien calladito in here right now. Verse 25, it says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Jesus used the same point to end his sermon on the mount in Matthew 7. He said that the one who hears the word without doing it was like a man who built his house on the sand. But the one who hears God's words and does it is like a man whose house was built on a rock and could withstand, listen, the inevitable storms of life. So James is preaching what Jesus was teaching. He's talking about the inevitable storms of life. Inevitable might be a big word for some of us. It means it's going to happen anyway. You got that? So the inevitable family this past week, listen, what Jesus is saying here anyway, that the storms are going to come. Christian, non-Christian, in God, without the storms are going to come. Family, this past week, it was a tremendous week for me. It had the highest highs and some of the lowest lows. I was, I, I, I was worried, I was stressed about some things that God had already worked out for me, and, and He did. And then I was worried about some stuff that God just wanted me to walk in because He already had it all under control. And then Wednesday, man, I was here. I left here Wednesday night testifying. Who was here? I left here Wednesday night testifying about how good God is and all the things that God has done and the way He's worked everything through for me that week. I left here. I went to go pick up my daughter at her job. My wife and I decided to go into CVS while we waited for her. I came outside of CVS. We were in there five, four or five minutes. I came outside of CVS, and when I came out and walked to my car, there's black glass on the floor. I got numb. As I looked, and I see that one of my glasses has been shattered. I, I threw the stuff I had in my hand to the floor, and, and I, just, I, I just had to start you know, dealing with some of the things. Someone had smashed into my window in, three, in four or five minutes that I was gone in an empty parking lot. No, nobody around. And they had stolen all the equipment that I had for my job. If you don't know, I'm an IT guy. So I had in that, in that bag a Mac Air. I had an iPad 2. 
I had an iPad. I had a Blackberry Torch. I had a Samsung Focus. I had an Android Pro. I had a 4G card. I had a 3G MiFi. I had um, 32 gig memory sticks. All in one bag. Gone. Gone. I am not going to lie to you, family. My first response was not counted all joy. I'm dead serious. My first response was not, I was angry. It wasn't even my second or my third or my fourth response. You know, some of you might have this false picture of me and you think, well, you know, I go through a hard time and I start speaking in tongues and quoting scripture. I get mad just like you get mad. I'm sorry to shatter that myth. And guess what? Every other pastor, they're just like me. (laughs) No matter what they tell you. All right? I let the cat out the bag. Sorry. So I was angry. Listen, what else was in that bag? I had some bills in that bag with my address. And I also had a set of my house keys in that bag. So now I get home, I set up some, some, some chairs, some metal chairs by the front door, and I sleep, down, I sleep right there in the living room. Not sleep, but I, I, I sit down and lie down there in the living room. Eyes wide open. Two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning. Waiting for, to hear that sound of those chairs moving with a bat, yes, with a bat next to, next to the sofa. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't have a Bible. I had a bat. You can lose respect for me if you want to. I hope that I'll... All right. Amen. So, my, my, my thought... Listen, my thought was I have to protect my house and protect my family. Okay? And so... And so listen, as I thought about it over and over again, I kept thinking about the different ways. You, you ever done that, right? The different things that, that, that I could have done that day, the way things could have played out differently. What if I came out a minute earlier and caught them? What if, what if you, you know, you start thinking of what if, what if maybe I had, I, had, I had gone to the store? What if I had left my wife alone in the car? Maybe she should have gone to the store. Maybe I should have stayed alone in the car. Maybe, you know, and, and you go back and forth and back and forth. And so what I want to do for you right now, I want you to watch this. I'm going to let you in on how I needed to apply this word to my situations. Or I would have disqualified myself and not been able to stand before you today and share this word. I wouldn't have even wanted to hear it. So I'm in this situation. I'm angry. I'm up. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I just preached a message on count it all joy. And I just started a series on count it all joy. And right now I don't have a lot of joy. And so um, I'm sitting there and I say, okay, and understand this is not a skit that I put on for you that I wrote. This is my real heart. This is what I'm feeling. Okay? And so I said, okay, James, tell me what am I supposed to do? Count it all joy. 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 <laughs> 
What joy? What should I be happy about this? What is it that I should be um, excited about this? How could this bring me any joy? What, where is the joy in having me being violated? What is the joy in having stuff stolen? What is the joy in having things taken from me? What is the joy now in having to stay up tonight um, and guarding my house so that nobody could break in and maybe kill us or kill my family? Where's the joy in that? And then it hit me. And God said, and I started thinking, God, what did you keep me from by removing me from the car that day? And that shut me up for a minute. So God, what did you keep me from by taking me and my wife out of the car for those five minutes? And so then I started saying, okay, God, I, I, I thank you that my wife and I are okay. I thank you, God, that my wife and I are okay. I thank you, God, that, that my daughter who's working right there, that, that, that she's okay. I thank you that my other daughter who was waiting for me at Dyer Avenue for me to pick her up, I thank you that I picked her up and now she's okay. And I thank you, God, that now we're all home safe. And so I said, okay, all right, James, count it all joy. I can be joyful for that. I can be joyful for that. What else, James? Remain under. God, I hate when stuff like this happens to me. I, I can't take any more of this stuff. How much longer, God? Like, how many more things are you going to, you know, how much more do we have to go through? God, I'm serving you. I'm doing everything that you want me to do. How much more do we got to go through? And then I remember the words of Job. When his wife was done with losing everything, and he lost everything. He didn't lose some electronics. He lost everything. And his wife tells him, just curse God and die. And Job said, woman, shall I just take the good from God and not the trouble? So remain under? Okay, James. I remain under. What else? You're blessed when you persevere. God, I know this. I've heard it for years. I've preached it for years. But at times like this, I don't feel blessed. And then it was just like I, I hear God saying, so I, I'm so thankful that God doesn't get angry, that he's slow to get angry. Because I heard him just say, my, my spoiled son, you don't feel blessed. You have family, friends. You, you've seen my love work in and through you. You've, you've seen so many things. Still you want more? How about this? Repeat the list of things that you had carried around in one bag. And now go back to count it all joy section and start again. And I started realizing. I said, okay, Lord. God, forgive me because I am spoiled. Forgive me, God, because I know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. That's also in James chapter 1. So, okay, God, I'll, I'll press on. What else, James? Be quick to listen. Lead with my ears. Okay, God. God, let this, 
Let this stripping away cause me to listen more attentively. Let it keep me from becoming comfortable in dangerous places. God, you, you already warned me in John 10.10 10, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that was true then, and it's true now. Okay, that's what he does. What else, James? Slow to speak. God, uh, I'll give you that one. Sometimes I start talking before I'm finished thinking. So help me in this area too. Too often times I, I complain about what I should be taking to you in prayer, God. What else, James? Don't stay angry. But God, I am angry. I know that this anger doesn't bring about the godliness that you require for me, but God, I cannot deny my emotions. I'm angry. So you got to help me with that one. Help me to deal with this and through these emotions. Help me to let anger straggle behind. God, I, I understand my wife could have been hurt that night. I understand my daughters could have been taken from me that night. I understand if, if I would have caught this guy, my freedom would have been taken from me that night. I understand. And I understand that I, I can't continue to walk in this anger, and it's, it's a day after already, but how do I get past this anger? And, and this is what came to me. Replace what you're angry about with what you're thankful for. So James, you're right, man. These tough times, they really reveal my true colors. And the truth is, it ain't all that pretty. So I'm going to act on what I hear. I'm going to be a hearer and not a doer. So how about you, church? Can you identify with any of these feelings and any of these arguments? Is this helping anybody? So what are you what are you building on today? Worship team, you guys can come. Jesus said if you're trusting in the things of this world, man, you're building on sin and it's going to fall apart. It's not going to last. When you build on the rock, and by the way, the names of Jesus in the Word, they, it says Jesus is the rock. He's referred to the rock of Israel. He's the rock of our refuge. He's the rock of my salvation. He's the rock of my strength. When you build on the rock, it will get buffeted by the waves. The winds will still blow. The storms will still hit. And it might feel like you're going to fall apart completely. But I'm telling you, family, remain under. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But fear not. I have overcome this world. And he who endures will receive the crown of life. Now family, it's not enough to have this message series reveal some of your true colors. It's not enough 
to have your true colors revealed because you see, I had my true colors revealed and my first thought was say, you know what, I'll call Pastor Gary, let him preach on Sunday. And he would have done it for me without a problem. What I want you to see is that you, it's not enough to, to have your true colors revealed. I want you to see that you can do something about it. Because of what God has done for you. Can we just bow our heads for a moment? Pastor G, would you come? Before I pray, I want to ask if there's any any other of you, you're under that heavy load today because that's what it means. It means bearing up under, being under. It means there's things pressing down on you. Maybe it's financial issues or maybe it's emotional or in your family. Maybe it's a health issue and it's weighty. And God's telling you today through this message that you can stand up under it. Don't just walk away. Because God is not wasting that situation, that trial that you're going through. There's purpose in it. Because God is building something in you. There's character that's being built. There's maturity. See, the immature people, as soon as they get through a problem, they say, oh, this is too much, and walk away. And they, and they forget about the responsibility. They walk away from God. I've seen it happen hundreds and hundreds of times. To tell you the truth, it's happened to me. But if that's you today, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. See, there are things weighing down, even when I wake up in the morning. And I just feel that stuff pressing down. Anyone else before I pray? I I believe there's more of you here today. The truth be told, we can all stand. But I believe that every one of you who is standing today, you're going to make it through. And not only are you going to come out the other side, but you're going to look back and that depression is going to be gone. That fear is going to be broken off you. All the worry. God, God is removing it. There's destiny in, in, in that thing that you're going through right now. So, Father, I just pray. I pray for your people who are standing, oh God. 
And I decree over you that you will stand, you will not falter, you will not turn back, you will not break in Jesus' name. And I decree and declare that you will come through shining with the glory of God. There's a crown of glory for you. Isn't that what Pastor George just read? There's a crown of victory for you. You can do all things. You are more than a conqueror. And I just release that over your life in Jesus' name. See, there's a lot of things we're going to do when we get to heaven. We're going to be in a place of perfection and glory with no more tears, no more problems. But there's something you can only do here on earth that you won't be able to do in heaven. And that's to worship God, to bless God in the midst of the trial when you can't take it anymore. When the, en- when the enemy's breaking loose all over your home, all over your bank account, and you can still come to God and say, I love you. See, that's the greatest worship. They don't have that kind of worship in heaven. That's a, that's a worship that's even more glorious than what the angels can do. We're going to show God something right now, and we're going to show the devil something. That, that we are a worshiping people. That we're going to glorify His name, and we're going to sing to Him right now. Maybe you're in a pit. Maybe you, you hate the idea of walking out the door because of what you face when you get in your car or when you walk into your house. Well, I want to challenge you right now to just begin to worship God. Maybe some of you need to worship right up here right now. Some of you need to show God, I'm serious. I'm going to worship you, God, and I'm not ashamed. Some of us, we got to make a stand today. Just as I heard Alice challenging you this morning. See, the worship team, they're not here to worship in your place. They're here to lead you into the presence of God. And we're going to do that right now. We're going to count it all joy. Whatever you're going through, whatever the sickness, however bad your marriage might be right now, however angry and miserable your boss is at work, whatever it is, We want to show God that we are a people. We're not going to quit, but we're going to bear up. We're going to keep under that weight, and we're going to carry it into glory. So let's worship God.